Hi, I'm Isaac, your podcast host, and welcome to This Undefined, the podcast that aims to break down the social context of what you've heard and what you believe. From health, culture, business, and beyond, no topic is left off the table. So tune in as we try to make sense of how we all defined our own perspectives and the people who have an opinion about it. Up next is our series about training. Skill over time creates proficiency. And how we train ourselves for goals extends beyond the physical capabilities we exercise day to day. It's not just our body being challenged, but also our whole philosophy in life. The training methods we use to handle challenges is reflected by the way we use our body in sync with our mind. Be it the limitations, the repetitions, the endurances, the strengths, they're all molded by the skills we practice and appreciate. Our guest in this series display how training in any format becomes a personal art by its very nature. This is Bodybuilding Undefined with guest Toby Richards. So tell everybody who you are. So I'm Toby Richards. I'm an amateur bodybuilder, um, former World Marines commando. That's kind of my background, I guess. Mm-hmm. Kind of how I got into, um, I've always been into sport, but that's kind of where I took my sort of fitness to a, a whole new level and kind of got obsessed with it, I guess. Um, Currently working as an online coach. Uh, I do PT, but I'm moving away from that slowly. Um, I'm kind of just going all online. Um, and obviously I'm from the UK, but I live in Dubai uh, for the last six years. I think it's been that, which has gone really quick. I thought, yeah. I, was gonna do 12, I thought I was gonna do 12 months here and yeah, it's been six years. So. When were you in, in New York? Oh, sorry. I went to New York uh, 2019, mm. around August time, and I, I stayed there for 12 months. I was studying acting, actually. That's what I was doing there. Oh. Um, yeah, which was <laughs> a lot different for me, you know, from my military background into bodybuilding and then into acting. It's supposed to be a two-year course, but mm. obviously COVID hit sort of late 2019, early 2020. So the studio closed. Um so I actually quit bodybuilding, quit bodybuilding when I was there. It was, you know, it, was, it demanded a lot. What I like about bodybuilding as well, I guess, is it is, it is creative. It is putting your energy and your vision into something to create something. So I found when I was acting, I didn't, or learning to act, sorry, I didn't really need to, I didn't feel the need to be creative in bodybuilding and push my energy to that direction as well. So I actually quit it. Um, mm. And obviously because of COVID happened, the, the studio closed down. So then I just got back into bodybuilding again because I had to like focus my energy back somewhere. That was uh, 18 months ago now. So yeah, I've been back smashing it for the last 18 months. <laughs> well, I mean, acting kind of translates into when you start to pose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, bodybuilding's actually very creative. If you look yeah. past kind of social media and look past, you know, the the... the the stereotypical bodybuilder people, you know, a, a meathead just goes to the gym and lifts iron. <laughs> yeah, there is, a, there is a lot of that. Of course, there is, but there's, there is a creative side of it as well. And you know, it is. It's not just um, clanging and banging heavy weights all the time. There is. You have got to have some sort of vision and direction with it. 
I think around that time you were in New York is when I started following you. And the way I got caught in contact with you, I was very surprised. You're very approachable. And just seeing how you are and your social media, you're not that out there. I found that interesting because the opposite happens, but you kind of keep a little bit of mystery, which I think is kind of cool though. I'm quite introverted. When I, when I speak to people about it, they kind of say, they see that you're on Instagram and you're posting topless photos constantly. Like how can you be an introvert when, you know, you're putting your physique all over, but that for me is, it's a sport. If I was into boxing, basketball, cycling, I would be posting my chosen sports, what I do day in, day out, you know, I'd be out, okay, I'm out cycling this morning, but because it's in the gym and, and the sport is your physique, mm-hmm. you assume that you have this like huge narcissistic, egotistical, yeah. like around you that you just can't wait to show everybody, you know, how you look. And it's, and that's how it comes across a lot of the time when people think you're going to be very loud and obnoxious. Um, it, actually, even when in the gym, like people, when I finally meet them or, or talk to them, they're like, oh man, I thought you were like going to be super arrogant because, you know, you <laughs> to speak. Intimidating. I it's just, I think it's because I don't, I don't talk much, you know, I don't go out of my way. I don't like mm. to be the center of attention. I've always been quite private and quiet, I guess. Mm. Um, and I honestly, I didn't really know that that showed through too much on my Instagram, I guess. That's from your point of view. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, I don't really show my private life too much in there. I do try and keep it as just, you know, it is just a sport. And, mm-hmm. and I've always, even in like since leaving the military or in the military, sorry, like it was in the, the mindset was don't talk necessarily about what you're going to do. You know, mm-hmm. like just work hard and get on with it. And then, then you can say, oh, I did this rather than, Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm the best at this. I'm the best at that. Mm-hmm. It's just more of a, I don't know, a modest approach to everything, you know? <laughs> for sure. For sure. No. Yeah. And I, I mean, you, now I can tell that based off your coaching, because, you know, at least for people who are looking to get coached for me, I kind of see like I'm already bought in. So there's no like convincing checking in means that if you really want it, you're going to, this is, this is important for you. So you're going to know when to check in. You know, because that's that's uh, that's difficult to try to get through with general population that doesn't work out. This requires your effort as well, not just mine. I can I can give you the tools, but I can't do it for you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You touched on it a little bit, but what led you into going into the military? I think different reasons. I'm realizing now I'm older. Um, yeah, looking back. Yeah, looking back, I I didn't really know why I was. Uh, I've always been into fitness, like I've been obsessed with it in, in any in any type, whatever it was, um, and sport. And I've always, always loved pushing myself mm. physically. Um, so there was that, you see the, the British commandos, the Roman commandos in the UK is like renowned for the grueling fitness. So I think mm. for me, it was like, could I do it? I don't know if it was a bit of a, like a point to prove, I think, maybe to myself or, um, I went to college for one day. College in the UK is, is not like university. You kind of go at like 16, 17. Oh, okay. So, and then you've got university, which is like 18, where you, you know, go on to get a degree or whatever. Mm. So college in the UK is like that stepping stone. Okay. 
yeah, I went to college for one day to do um, electrical engineering course. And I just sat there and I was, <laughs> I just, I knew straight away that now nah, this is not, this is not for me. This is not the route I want to go down. Um, probably like lack of attention span or something, but <laughs> no, I have to be moving and, 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 and physical. And then literally, I think the next day um, I got a train into the, the city and started my application forms for the, for the military. Um, I, I come from like a small village in the UK, mm-hmm. not much really happens there you know like a lot of people who are born there <laughs> probably <Yeah>. died <laughs> oh wow um, it's it's very much you're not a lot it's not very exciting and i okay. always kind of wanted to travel and see stuff and just experience things really mm-hmm. uh, i think that was the driving part like the driving force for me to to join um but yeah, it was always it was always the fitness. I was never like obsessed with guns or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Although I went on to become like a platoon's platoon weapons machine gunner. That wasn't what I was really interested in. It was always just the oh, it's, it's fitness involved. They pushed me every day, and that's why mm-hmm. I wanted to do it. I think. How'd your family take that? <laughs> um. Well, okay. So I joined at seventeen, mm-hmm. and. When you're 17 years old, you have to get permission from a parent. Mm. Um, you have to get a signed letter from them. But if you're 18, you don't. Okay. So I told my mother that you know, I'm joining the Marines. And this was when um, like Afghanistan was kind of at its peak. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, it was probably around the time I joined was, you know, it was quite a, uh, probably not the best time join and um she was she was like no you're not no you're not you're not doing it like she thought it was just a phase i was going through and i used to work um in a coffee shop i used to start the coffee shop six in the morning so i used to get up um i'd run do my push-ups like i'd go out for an hour and i come back get on my bike cycle to the coffee shop work my work my shift (laughs) come back and i do it again and I was doing that for like a couple of months, every single day, and uh, still wouldn't sign the paper. And I was 17 at the time. I said, look, if you, you can sign it or not. I said, but I'll be 18 in less than 12 months and I don't need your signature then. So I said, all you're doing is delaying what I'm inevitably gonna do anyway. So then I remember one day I come home <laughs> from my uh, coffee shop shift and uh, the papers were signed on my bed. She's like, oh, just, you know, whatever. Like, I can't stop you, your life. Um, so, but yeah, my mother was very uh, apprehensive, let's say, about it. Are y'all close? Um, I mean, again, I, I, I joined the Marines 2011. It's now, what, 22? Yeah. So that's what, 11 years. Um, Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's time now. Is I don't know. Old <laughs> man, and you know I was away all the time. Then I've been Dubai now six years, so I've not really spent much time kind of around my family for the last decade, I'd say. Um, but close, I don't. Not really. No, more like a, a friend relationship. More than you know, it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm not really that close now, to be okay. honest. <laughs> no, but not any 
good reasons, not for any negative reasons. Yeah. It's just, okay. I've just uh, always gone off and done my own thing. And, so you've always been like that since you were a kid? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've always, yeah, even since I was 12 years old, probably, I would always get like buses with my friends and mm-hmm. away. I didn't spend much time at home. Always wanted to be off doing something different, somewhere new, I think. Mm. Yeah, because bodybuilding is, it's not a team sport. It's right? not. It's, really, it's, it's a very lonely sport. Yeah. Even going into the military, it's a very like independent journey. Yeah. Yeah. Right? What does that individuality and independence mean to you as a bodybuilder for a sport that's just for one? I think, with, I think like you touched on, it's not a team sport. You don't need to have that team spirit. You don't need to rely on anybody else. You can't blame anybody else. So if things aren't going the right way, you know, the right direction for you, nine times out of 10, it's not your coach either. It's yourself. I've been with my coach for five years and I can't ever really say that he's made a bad decision. Hmm. We've, we've learned more together, but it's, it's on me. I have this thing is in to get really good at bodybuilding or sorry, to get very lean at least, right? Everyone can go in the gym film their workout on Instagram, hashtag beast mode, right? <laughs> yeah. Everyone can look like they're working really hard and trying really hard and they really want to win this competition, but then go home on your own for 23 hours, 22 hours, whatever of the day and avoid going to the fridge and eating extra food or, you know, don't get up early and do your cardio. The things that people don't see, mm. that's often why you see guys with physiques, especially when it comes to conditioning, it's, it's all on you. That's why you see some guys who get really, really conditioned. How have they got that conditioned? Because everyone seems to be doing the right thing. But this is just my interpretation. It's what goes on behind closed doors. You know, people will blame their coach a lot of the time. Um, mm. That's easy. <laughs> yeah, it's easier to, to blame someone. And, you know, in a mm. team, it's like, we didn't, we didn't work well as a team together. Yeah. But the thing I like about this is that there is none of that. You can't blame one mm. anybody else. If you get on stage on show day, your physique doesn't look how you want it to look. You can't blame anybody else. Unless your coach has, you know, generally messed up. But nine times out of 10, it's, it's on you. And yeah. the, rough, the, rough, the rough, take the rough with the smooths with it, I yeah. guess. Do you find a lot of other competitors have that same mentality from your experience? Or do you feel that's sort of rare? I'd say 50-50, to be honest on it. Okay. I'm quite, uh, for use of a better word, a loner by choice. Mm. I just, I don't, I don't recharge off a social situation. I recharge on my own doing something. Um, but I, I notice a lot of, the UK seems to be very community kind of based. Mm. They all train the same way. Um, a lot of them have the same coaches. They film together. They, you know, they mm. make YouTube channels together. They collab. I don't do any of that, really. Like, mm. It's very rare you can train somebody. If I do, it's literally just for the sake of it. Like, oh, should we train together? You know, it's not a routine mm. uh, kind of thing for me. Um, because you can, you've kind of seen both sides, right? So you've, you've not just seen how it is, how that sport is in the States, but you've seen it in Dubai. You've seen it in other parts. So that's interesting that you pretty much down the line, 50-50 of that, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How is it um, here in the States? It's hard for me to say, to be honest, because like I said, when I was living in New York, I was mm. still training, but I wasn't 
training for bodybuilding. I didn't, didn't think I'd compete again. So my head wasn't really in like the bodybuilding kind of zone, mm. I guess. Um, what I can see from like friends I live there and stuff, you know, guys through social media, it does seem like the, the States is a little bit more individual as well. It seems like the UK is, seems to be, because the UK is small, right? You can travel the UK in eight hours from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. So guys meet up a lot and they, they train together in the same gyms. Again, like I said, collabs and stuff like that. So it seems yeah. to be like a bit of a community. But yeah, I can't, I can't really give an yeah. opinion on this too much because I, don't, I haven't experienced it enough. Yeah. The, the only reason I say that is because I'm no expert in bodybuilding, but based off like what I know, and just like social media, it, it, it's a sport that's very spectacle based, right? So they want to hear rivalries. They want to, they want to like hear the, 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 the tough story of growing up and then making it to this, like that's, yeah. that's sort of the, the story that kind of plays out with bodybuilding. But I feel like there's a lot more real stories behind that. That's like what you see, but I feel like the sport requires a very specific type of person to go down that path. Yeah, I mean, they try to like make things more dramatic. Yeah, sometimes, and I mean, especially with social media. I think is, I mean, I've only been bodybuilding since social media, but it seems that they try to publicize more about like uh, beef between bodybuilders mm-hmm. and like oh, so and so tweeted this, or you know, they try and make it more dramatic because really, bodybuilding is not an exciting sport to watch. I, I love bodybuilding and I don't really enjoy watching it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, like I'll keep an eye out for a few guys. I'll say so-and-so's competing. I want to see how they look. But sit and watch two hours of bodybuilding with people you don't know or don't follow on, on Instagram. It's mm-hmm. not that exciting, to be honest. Yeah. Like the, the fun part of bodybuilding and the hard stuff is in the gym. It's not like watching... Uh, a football game or mm-hmm. a boxing match or what's going to happen you know like anything can happen at any moment it's like mm-hmm. okay these guys are just standing there flexing yeah so it's for me like the exciting part is it's in the gym it's yeah. it's training it's who's training harder who's dieting harder the, the more exciting part of bodybuilding is leading up to it mm-hmm. like for the for example it's just like what the super bowl of bodybuilding the last four weeks when these guys start leaking pictures oh, or, or there's like a photo of him and you don't see his physique, but you see how lean his face is. And then it's like, oh, how, you know, he's coming in crazy condition or this mm-hmm. guy looks soft in this, in this picture. So it's more of like the excitement's building up to the day, I find. But yeah. the actual day of bodybuilding, the work's done, the hard work's mm-hmm. done in, in, the, in, the, in the coming weeks and months beforehand. Mm-hmm. So you kind of go on get judged and walk off like i don't really enjoy show day to be honest uh, i don't i don't dislike it i like i like creating a posing routine i like uh being creative and i like showing my physique but i don't necessarily feel like i need to show it off to people i like creating mm. it myself yeah show day is just an, another day for me you know it's just another thing you've got to do to try to see where you play so you can move up the ladder slightly it's mm-hmm. that's me anyway personal <laughs> yeah yeah no i mean that makes sense because i remember you talking about i was listening to one of your youtubes and you were saying that well there's two things one is it's a photo where you tend to judge how you did that day how it comes out yeah. right yeah. and then i think you've also said that you um 
your posing is what you really focus on. So like if you were to break down what exactly bodybuilding is, it's you're showcasing your physique and you want to make sure it's presented in the best light and ways possible, right? Yeah, I think with, with classic physique, mm. when you've got eight guys in a line who all look really good, they're all super lean, they're all the same height in classic because you have the height categories and the same weight, to really make your physique look a lot different. Everyone's di genetically different, of course, mm -hmm. but to make yourself look a lot different, the posing is, it sounds a bit cheesy, but it, it is an art form. You know, it is. It is, yeah. It is something you have to repeat, 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 repeat. You can tell who's kind of started thinking, oh, I should probably practice two weeks before. And you can tell who's been <laughs> working, on, working on a routine every day for 12 weeks. Like a dancer. Like a dancer, yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you're competing, do you notice when some, so you, it stands out when you know someone probably didn't do this or that? On stage, yeah, I can't tell. Okay. So, like, what I do, like this, sorry, uh, 2021, I did four shows in the space of, I think, like seven or eight weeks. It was quite, it was quite intense for me. And each one was in a different country. So <laughs> it was quite, it was quite full on. But, what because of since COVID's happened they started live streaming so what i was doing is i was having like some friends live stream record it from their phone and then the second i got off stage send it to me then because you, you do different rounds right you might be on and off stage say three maybe four times so as soon as i got off stage i could look at the video and i could be like right was my was this pose right was this pose right because i don't want to go back on stage and make the same mistake again so that's what mm -hmm. i was doing like so i'm testing just but you don't you don't know if someone's posing's off really yeah. until you sort of play it back. <laughs> I've, I've been backstage and I've looked at guys and I'm like, man, this guy looks insane. Like there's no way I'm beating this guy. He looks so good. And then they put you ahead of him or, you know, center stage. And like, well, well this guy, how is this guy not in the right? You know, this guy's way out on the left. Mm. Bodybuilding, okay, they put you sort of center and then they kind of work their way out who they think is the best physique on, on stage at the time mm. um and then you get backstage and you see the pictures and you're like oh because he's, po he's posing really badly mm. like backstage when he's walking around i'm like this guy's fucking huge and shredded but then he, you can't again showcase it it's almost like you know some small guys can look incredible and some bigger guys can cannot show off their stature and development properly i guess can you define what exactly judges are looking for in, in ranking? Um, yeah, so obviously I do classic physique. Okay. What are the classic. kinds, first off? I guess we can just start uh, there first. So in, in with, with the men, you've got men's physique, which is mm -hmm. with the beach shorts, you know, the board shorts. Mm -hmm. um, then you've got classic physique, which is what I do, which is kind of based on, let's say, the, the physiques of the 70s and 18s. So like here, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Frank mm -hmm. Zay, those, those kind of physiques. The OGs. Yeah, yeah, the OGs, yeah. <laughs> and then you've got like, in the amateurs, you've got bodybuilding, the different um, weight classes. And then when you go pro, you've got 212, which is under 212 pounds. And you've got the open, which is, you can weigh whatever you want to weigh. Um, but for, sorry, sorry to answer your question, Mike, but obviously I compete in classic. Which, yeah, they're looking for that golden era 
Arnie kind of style physique. So it's not overly muscular. I mean, even though it is getting bigger and bigger every year, it's it's not muscle bound. It's still having like a you know a small waist, um, nice lines they say. So they want with classic physique. It's almost genetics plays a huge role. I actually had a discussion with a guy in the gym about this. I think just just two days ago. Everyone can put on large amounts of muscle. This day and age, with you know, every, there's so much access to training, nutrition. Uh, the gym facilities are amazing. People are learning more and more about performance enhancing drugs, stuff like that. So everyone now can seem to get big and then lean because all the information's out there. Or you just hire a coach like this online. Yeah. But not everyone can look so say classic. Mm. You have to have something you're almost born with, or you have to train a very specific way in order to make some parts look bigger, some parts look smaller. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the classic guys, you see them, you know, in a in a shirt or something or hoodie. And they're not like monsters. They're not huge guys. Mm-hmm. But then you see them when they take their when they take their top off. Their waist is so small, and like everything comes in nicely. Mm-hmm. So. It's, it's just, it's, it's an illusion, a lot of bodybuilding is. Yeah. Um, and you see the open guys, like, no matter what they put on, they look enormous. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what they look for, I guess, they look for conditioning. So how lean you are, how dry you are, which obviously dry means less water retention in the body. Mm-hmm. Uh, structure, uh, your posing, your symmetry, balance, all this kind of stuff, really. Mm-hmm. Then there's like, you kind of touched on it a little bit. There's sort of like playing the game because everyone is so different to an extent. People are sort of built that way because they yeah, have yeah, the, yeah. the frame, the, the proportions of what like on paper people are looking for. But there are trends sometimes where like, oh, this tends to be what will probably make you win. And so that I, that changes. So all that kind of comes into choosing a winner or what's your experience with that? What's funny actually as well is because the it will change from show to show with the different mm. kind of judges a lot of the time. Okay. Some judges could really favor a tiny waist. That's what they want. That's what mm-hmm. they're going. Some could be like, well, no, we, we want like really big legs. Okay. Another one could... Another panel could be like conditioning is like king. Like they have, like they look for conditioning the most. So it's always like you could do five shows in a row, five different judges with the same with the same competitors, and you could all be placed differently based on mm. what a judge wants. It seems that way anyway. In terms of politics, I'd like to be able to say there's no politics involved, but the, every sport there is, especially a sport where it's yeah. judged. Um, you know, and there's money to be made and it's so-and-so's coach sponsors the event. Well, the guys usually somehow miraculously place higher than they mm-hmm. <laughs> perhaps should have. Um, but I think if you're undeniable, and that's surely how everybody wants to win, right? If you want to win a show, I don't want to be like, oh, it was really close. You, this guy could have won, that guy could have won. I, I, in, a, in an ideal situation, you want to be like walking on stage, number 12, number 12 is one. That's it. So you can call the, you can call the politics card a lot. And trust me, like I had some disappointing results this year. And I've had a lot of people telling me I should have won when I came second. 
but I'd never like post about it and be like, oh, I've got mm -hmm. robbed. It is what mm -hmm. it is. I, one, one day I might win and I'm the, I think somebody else should have won. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't like to sort of go off politics, even though people like spectators and outsiders will always be like, oh, you should have won that show. How did you not win? It's mm -hmm. like, it is what it is, you know, mm -hmm. like everyone gets that. I'm sure everyone who's, who's now winning every class at some point in their life has felt they should have won when they haven't. So I think it's just part of the process. A big part of it is as well, is I think showing up a lot. And that's kind of what I did last year. Again, I did a lot of shows last year just to get my face out there, just to get the experience to get, I, I do think they want you, they want people around, especially to turn pro. They don't want a guy coming from nowhere taking a pro card and then disappearing. I feel like they want someone who's invested mm, in I see. They want someone, okay, this guy's been showing up now for three years. When he gets his pro card, he's going to be still continuing for another three years. That's, I could be wrong. This is my opinion on it, but I do think they want people to, who are invested in the sport, invested in the IFBB. Um, you're not just people coming and going and taking a pro card and then, You've got guys who've been there for four or five years spending $500 a show doing four shows a year to be like, oh, fuck this, I'm quitting. You know, I think they want people to spend their money, mm -hmm. get rewarded for it. Spend their money, get rewarded for it to, mm -hmm. to an extent. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was asking because like, I'm not a social media person either, but I feel like, especially in the field that we're both in, you kind of have to play that game, but I'm imagining like in the bodybuilding world, everyone is on social media. They document everything they do. And so that sort of kind of makes them popular. So then they want them to win. And so like, that's kind of why that question came from. There okay, seems sorry, to be on a bit of a tangent. But... No, but that's no, that, that that's also part of it though. That's also part of the question, but, but that's just how it looks like. So that's why I was wondering what that looks like for you. From the social media point of view, honestly, um, I've not seen guys with big social medias get rewarded unnecessarily, if that makes uh, sense. Okay. Yeah. If anything, I don't know if there's like, they even don't like it so much. I don't, I don't know what it is, but um, it's a hard one. It's a hard one for me to really stop and think about, but I don't, I don't think there's any advantage of guys having a big social media when it comes to stage. Mm -hmm. um, they're usually the guys that throw their toys at the pram actually when they don't do mm. as well. As... <laughs> the, the problem is as well, I think the, the bigger your social media, the more pressure. Yeah, to, I would imagine. To, and to win, like a lot of these social media guys, you know, they'll, a lot of the, I mean, I'm, I post sometimes throwbacks, but a lot of the time I'm posting how my physique is now, whether it's off season and I'm, and I'm not looking my best, I still try to keep it kind of transparent as like, this is the process. Um, mm -hmm. I off my iPhone mostly, and it's usually a self timer in the gym or, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's not like a top quality photo, but so I try and keep it, you know, kind of real, but you see a lot of guys that have their own cameraman with them and they're yeah. taking 50 photos and they've chosen three that they've edited and these mm -hmm. are the ones that they post and they're looking outrageous and everyone's like oh my god this guy's physique is like this guy's always on point like he's always mm -hmm. looking amazing and you see people like oh this guy this guy could win the olympia mm -hmm. and yet in the he could 
So then they put a lot of pressure. That's why I like to keep it real with me. Like I don't mm. try to hide anything with my physique because I don't want to go down that route of people thinking that my physique looks a certain way and that I could compete with the top guys in the Olympia. And then they see me on stage on a real, on a, on a live stream. And they're like, yeah. this guy doesn't look like, you know, these photos he's been posting. And I also mm. feel like, so there's a lot of pressure. If you're a good, say, Instagram bodybuilder, then you need to go on stage and, and, and beat everyone because, you know, you've got a million followers and that's how you're, do you know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. like, you're on a pedestal a little bit. Yeah, that's why I appreciate how you look at it because the day you compete, how does everything look that day? You could have looked better last week or maybe next week if you had an extra week. It all comes down to just that and the way you look at it instead of what the judges are looking for, you base it off of what you end up seeing for yourself. Do you find everyone has mentality that way or is it, are you kind of one of the loners there? I'd say I'm probably on my own a little bit. Yeah. That mindset, maybe. Uh, That's interesting, okay. I would think that a lot of bodybuilders would think that way, but I guess not. Because it's hard, you know, you're being judged, right? So these are all other like preconceived things that people are expecting from you. You kind of have to have this real talk with yourself in that they can say all these things, but at the end, did you show up? Like you said, everything, it's all about the individual. Like, did you do these things, these things, these things? And of uh, course, like, if you don't win, if you don't win, of course, it's like sucks, right? Nobody wants to lose. But getting over that hump, uh, I think, at least personally, at least for me, because even as a creative, when you finish something, and it's not exactly how you thought of when you first started, but you still are like, yeah, but the process was most, more important. Just remember that. Just remember that. That gap for people, if they lose, is long and short for some. And I feel like you would fall on the shorter side because I feel like you respect the process and you're like, yeah, but I showed up. I may have had these days, but I showed up. And so next time there's another show, right? Yeah, exactly that actually. And um, what, I, what for me is I'll always create a, a mental picture of how I want my physique to look. Like I've just started, I just started my prep now. I'm just two weeks into it. So I have another maybe 12 weeks left. And I create a picture in my head of what I think is possible for my physique to look like realistically. And I'll keep that in my head. And then come show day, I think I, I might've mentioned this. I think when you might've written it down or something, but I will look back at a picture. When I get off stage, I will I'll wait till that picture comes through. Yeah. And, no matter if I win or I come dead last, if the picture represents what I thought of in my head or I surpass that, for me, it's like, okay, I've, I've worked my way up the ladder even more. You know, yeah, mm. some genetic freaks could have turned up, six of them all on the same day as me and beaten me. But this physique that I've created in my head, that's the guy that I really want to compete with. So I can be backstage coming dead last, but if I see a picture and I'm like, holy shit, that's me. For me, that's a win because it's all part of the process. If you compete in bodybuilding only for the results on stage day, you're not going to have a very fun or enjoyable career, hobby, sport. In my opinion, you've got, you've got to love the day in, day out. The I hate to say the struggles because it sounds dramatic, but you know, the, yeah. <laughs> the hard the hard days when you when you've got no energy the challenge the challenge and your coach gives you zero carbs and then it's a a leg day followed by a back day 
followed by, you know, an hour and a half cardio on both days when even just like walking to the bathroom, you're like, oh, I really can't be bothered. But then you get through that. that like they're the days and you, you tick all those boxes. And if you get off stage knowing that you've done everything you can and the only reason you didn't win or didn't do any better is because simple fact of the matter is there are better guys there. That's, that's for me, I can live with that. I, I don't know how close you followed me, but I, I, I didn't win any shows this year. Mm-hmm. But I was never, I never bitched, I never moaned, I was never down about it. Cause I'm like, I did everything I could do. I just need a bit more time. I need another like 12 months to grow. But I was never angry or disappointed because I know like I couldn't have done anything better. I gave, I gave everything every single day. Mm-hmm. And that's why I get, over, I get over it very quickly. I'm like, okay, it's disappointing, but it's fine. If I'd known that I'd skipped cardio, had extra food, or I had, had a pizza Wednesday night when I shouldn't have done, then you kind of got to live with yourself. Like, oh, what if I didn't do, you know, what if I, I didn't mess around? And what if I did take it more seriously? I could have won that show. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to live with that, I think. But once, if you, if you put everything you've got into it and you hit every gram of food and every minute of cardio you can and every kilogram of weight you can lift, then you know, you're never going to be mad at yourself or disappointed. It's just, you know, keep doing it, keep doing that. They're the guys that win eventually, you know, it's. And I feel like that's what specifically makes bodybuilding different. You know, it's, it might be like the result is an aesthetic kind of result, but I think really, if you really dig deep, that's what it's all about pretty much what you just said. And, and, uh, I hope people get from bodybuilding rather because they'll go like powerlifting because it's strong, but bodybuilding is a real mental game that's separate from all those other things. Not, not to say that those things don't have that, but with bodybuilding, it's a journey inward and knowing how to get yourself out of those things. And, and bodybuilding doesn't get that credit. I don't, or I, I don't think it's highlighted that way. I would say yeah, that. yeah. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head with it. Um, and also it's very, very difficult. Bodybuilding is have a relationship to have a relationship with a partner sorry or even with friends your family because you can't something i've tried to do definitely now i've started this prep and even in my last prep was to try to take my mind out of the whole sacrifice mindset a little bit of like a kind of mindset with everything and i'm like I listened to um, an audio book by Tom Platz. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, he was, you know, he was big in kind of Arnold Schwarzenegger days as yeah. well. He's a very interesting guy, actually. And he was like, I don't get why bodybuilders these days, you know, they, they, they go to the gym with a hoodie and their headphones, like don't speak to anybody. Um, you know, they go home and they eat six meals at home and they don't see any sunlight, they don't do anything. And he's like, they just live this, so to say, monk lifestyle. Okay. And he's like, we, we, would, we would, you know, we'd take our meals to the beach and we'd hang out and we'd go and play pool with the guys and, you know, or we'd go swimming. And he's like, bodybuilding doesn't need to be this cut off lifestyle that, and, and it's kind of considered now like, oh, you're more hardcore. Mm. If, if you, you're hardcore if you don't go for a meal with family and friends if you don't take your girlfriend for lunch yeah i'm hardcore i don't you know you can actually 
you can hit everything just as accurately, but just loosen the, uh, I don't know, the, the heaviness of, like, like some people, they, they freak out, like, I'm on pro, I, can't, I can't drive two hours, I'm on prep. It's like, what? Just take, take your food with you in a, in a box and just eat it. And <laughs> you can live a normal, you can live a, a normal life. And I wasn't all, I didn't always think that. I also thought I have to be hardcore. I have to have this meal at 2 p.m. I have to be home by nine so I can be in bed by 10 so I can get up at six and get my eight hours sleep. You know, I can't go to the cinema. I don't want to go to the cinema and not eat popcorn and snacks. It's, it's not the same. And now I'm, the last 18 months or so, I'm like, actually, you can, you can still do normal kind of stuff. It hasn't got to be this whole sacrifice. I'm outworking everybody because, you know, I, I haven't done anything fun for three months it's like at the end of the day the only person who's going to miss out is you mm -hmm. um, if you do bodybuilding for the love of it and the passion of bodybuilding you can you can, you can make things work around it as well yeah. i find you haven't i don't know it's it seems it seems like a like a bit of a trend i see at the moment and that's why mm -hmm. i like kind of more old i say old mm -hmm. school kind of bodybuilding because they all seem like they were out doing stuff mm -hmm. and like they'd even skiing and like yeah thing it just seemed more of like the health playful and fitness. yeah yeah health and fitness lifestyle and they would like enjoy the fact that they look this way and i've kind of tried to start thinking more on that mindset now like yeah. no you can go on weekends and do fun stuff mm -hmm. like your life doesn't revolve around food and that's that's mainly what what it is when people say sacrifice they sacrifice food and they sacrifice social events because everything Everyone thinks things were all around food. I had a client of mine and he's like, oh, it's, you know, I want to diet for the summer, but it's very difficult because, you know, I get invited to lots of parties and stuff like that. I said, okay, you go to a party on a Friday night. I said, do you wake up Saturday morning? And the first thing you think about, oh, I had such a good time because the food was so good. There were so many nice snacks laid out. I said, no, you think about the people you were with, conversations, jokes, laughs, it's like, that's actually experiences. I said, whether you're, it doesn't matter what you're eating there, you know, everybody can eat, can be eating chips and dip and drinking beer, mm -hmm. and bring a meal with you and, and, and drink water or electrolytes, like I drink water. <laughs> yeah. but, and that's what you remember. And that's, that's, you don't have to miss out on, on life just because you want to win. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I got into this, this, this conversation. No. no, that's good. But it goes because it was about mindset and how you've developed that mindset and looking at things with a different perspective or a lens. Uh, because I was going to ask you about discipline. So I've had people on and I've asked them about discipline. And I even had, when I was talking to a breath worker, uh, she, we had a whole conversation about it because I, I like to see it more as a practice. Uh, discipline has sort of a negative connotation uh, because people are like you're restricting yourself from something like that discipline that's the idea that people have but practice gives you a more like optimistic perspective instead of being disciplined and thinking you have to restrict yourself practice encourages you to try to do you know do the thing right yeah. and so you stand out with just your story right there because people talk about discipline as like you gotta you gotta be tough and you gotta suffer like you said and no one else understands me 
And that's it. You know, hearing you say that, that's what it's all about. When you talk to someone about how they want to change their health and their lifestyle or working out, and it's getting them to that place where they look at it as you get to do these things. It's not that you're restricting yourself from all this. You get to do it. Yeah, I have a like a funny kind of view on discipline myself. And, What's up? and even, even coming from the Marines, everyone says it's such a disciplined, you know, they teach discipline, discipline, discipline. Yeah. And a lot of clients and you know, people around me say, oh, I wish I had your discipline when it comes to training and eating and stuff. Are you so disciplined? I said, I'm, I'm actually, I'm not disciplined. I was like, what, like, define what discipline is. Like, I said, you, do, do you need discipline to go and watch Netflix? Do you need discipline to go and lie on the beach on a nice day? I said, no, you do it because you love doing it, right? You enjoy doing it. I said, I, I do this because I enjoy doing it. I, I will enjoy getting myself down to crazy low body fat levels and going on stage. Even though I'm tired and hungry, there's not a day that goes by that I don't enjoy it. If I didn't enjoy it, I would, I would, I would stop. So I say discipline, I'm not, I'm not disciplined with it. I do it because of passion. You're always gonna do something better if you're doing it for the love of doing it, rather than you think because oh, I have to do this. Mm-hmm. You, know, like you go to a job you hate, okay? Sometimes you have, people have to go to jobs they don't like because they need money to feed themselves, their family, et cetera, mm-hmm. which I totally get that. But wake up and do a job you hate, wake up, do a job you love, right? You're always gonna work best with the job you love. So bodybuilding, dieting, training, cardio, I enjoy it. That's cool. So how was your entrance into bodybuilding? And, and do you feel like you had that same point of view then than you have now? Because I feel like a, well, a lot of time passed. Like there's been a lot of time between then. So I actually started bodybuilding um, shortly after I left the Marines. I was, I was going through a tough time when I left. I really found it hard not to have structure. I wasn't, I wasn't in the Marines that long. I was only in five years, but it was a very, I joined at a young age, so I was very like impressionable. So kind of what I, from the age of 17 to 22, I would say that's kind of the five years where you grow up, I would say. Like you come, you know, you turn from a kid into an adult. An adult. I never really feel like an adult though, man. I don't know. I'm with you on that. Like, I think people try to lose that too early. I'm like, you should keep that youthfulness throughout your whole life. <laughs> Hang on to it, yeah. So I think I developed this. I I didn't even realize I needed structure in my life, and I needed goal setting until I left. Until I left the Marines, and then I it took me a couple of months. First first couple of months, I was like, "This is amazing, freedom, do what I want, wear what I want, grow my hair messy." Like <laughs> I, I could do what I wanted. And I loved that, and then probably about. Yeah, maybe two months after leaving, I was like, started having a really tough time, um, felt down, felt anxious a lot. Didn't really know what the cause of it was. I was like, oh, I'm just maybe I'm just missing, you know, the Marines. But I started, I started, I started doing my PT course, and I met a guy in there who'd done a couple of like fitness model competitions, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh man, you've got like a pretty good physique. I was like, I don't, I didn't know, didn't really know what I was doing. I would, I would. I would train it. I would train chest four times a week or something, you know. I'm like, <laughs> I had no idea what I was really doing. I ate, yeah. I didn't eat very well. I just used to train a lot because I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So I kind of always looked in okay shape. He's like, oh, you should do a competition. He's like, oh, I've done one before. I can help you out with like 
you know, diet and the structure of it all. And then probably about two weeks into the prep is when I started feeling normal again. Like I stopped feeling down. I stopped feeling restless and anxious because I was getting up every morning. I was doing cardio. I was cooking this food, weighing it out. So I had the same sort of structure and uh, attention to detail mm. on that I had in the Marines. So then I was like, okay, this is amazing. Like I feel, I was only going to do one show just for the fun of it. Um, so I feel normal again. Like this is, this is what I need. Like I need to wake up every morning like, mm-hmm. with a purpose then. And then I competed, did a show. The first show I took, I think I took second actually. I had no idea what I was doing. Didn't know how to pose, but <laughs> I took second. <laughs> it's only like a fitness model kind of thing. And I thought, this is amazing. And then two weeks after competition, I started feeling anxious, restless. I was like, oh, what do I do with myself? What do I do with this energy? Mm-hmm. And then, well, maybe I'll do another show. So I started prepping for another show. Started feeling normal again. No anxiety, no restlessness. Just focused, happy every day. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, oh, okay. Like, this is what I need in my life. I need, I need that structure. And then after that, from there, I kind of just started really enjoying the competitions and, and the prep. It was... Before it was like trying to get away from this negative feeling I had. So I was kind of using preparation and, and competitions to mask it. And slowly it just fizzled out. And I go, okay, I'm a bodybuilder now. This is what I do. Because um, before I was still like, oh, I'm, I still had like, oh, I'm, I'm a Marine and I'm doing these fitness model competitions. And then slowly it turned into, well, no, I'm not a Marine anymore. I'm now a PT and a bodybuilder. Mm. Um, so my mindset at the start was very, very, um, I so I say hardcore. Like I, I, I wouldn't even use salt. I wouldn't use seasoning. I would have everything like the most bland and boring way possible. And I, because I, I, I just, I, I kind of needed it, and I kind of like, I loved seeing how hard I could push myself and how much I could go without. I kind of like got off on it in some weird <laughs> way. <laughs> Is that what you thought? It like that? That's what was needed to do that. Yeah, that's why I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. But also, again, yeah, the mindset that I got in the Marines is all like, how tough are you? How far can you push yourself? Like, no matter how hard the situation is, you never moan about it. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. So I kind of enjoyed that, putting myself into that place. But then at the same time, my girlfriend at the time, like my relationship with her was like non-existent. She's like, oh, let's go you know, to my friend's birthday party. I'm like, can't go. Well, I'm on prep. I'm on prep. I can't go. Mm. Now I'd be like, yeah, cool. Yeah, I'll go. And just, I just want to drink. Like, it's fine. It's not a problem. Mm. I'll go and have a laugh. And, and I'll go and drink Diet Coke. It's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, no, no, I'm on prep. I can't go. I don't want to go. You know, I've got, I've got to be up early to do my cardio. And um, I just thought everything had to be the hard way. But yeah, now like, as time goes on, it's like, I get more confident with what I can achieve from my, you know, from the process. As in before, mm-hmm. I thought I had to do everything exactly by the book in order to get the result I wanted. Mm-hmm. But now I know what I can do. Now I know how my body reacts. Now I know if I put a bit of ketchup on my chicken, like I'm not <laughs> gonna, be, I'm not gonna be two pounds heavier tomorrow yeah. morning. You know, it's it's getting more, more and more confident and comfortable with the process and. Yeah slowly becoming less obsessed with it, mm-hmm. I think, because it, it can be very unhealthy. 
Recently, recently I, I, bought a, I bought a motorbike recently just so I could do something else apart from bodybuilding. You know, I could still go to the gym, still diet, still train, still do cardio, still do my posing practice. But that's not my life. I can also go out on my bike. You know, I can also go on nice trips. I can go and see friends. I can hang out. I can go play pool. I can go to the beach for the day. Yeah. It seems like, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where we we hold on to the things that serve us in the moment that we're in or in the time that we're in. And when you outgrow that, there's sort of like a mourning process where you're like, that taught me this, but I know that there's more to that, to life than just that, you know, that's part of growing up, right? Cause looking back, we all do it sort of to protect ourselves in life. We're trying to limit how much suffering we have, which is yeah. a natural approach to things. Right? Yeah. yeah. And so, and so, but when you start to learn, the process and valuing that and all of that starts to kind of make sense and you don't take things so seriously like for me like i relate to a lot of what you said because when i was a kid i, I had a lot well i still do a lot of anxiety and so that's kind of grown with me and uh the way i explain that to people because people are like how do you you know people have moments of anxiety but um but when you have it as like a thing that's ongoing it's harder to explain because people are like well just don't feel that way you know but for me, it's more like how you see details in things. That's what I need for to kind of go through any process that I'm going through. Like I need to learn how to do these things because if I don't, then I have nothing to anchor myself because I'm again that being a creative, like my mind's all over the place. So that adds to my anxiety. And so the way I channel it is I, I pay attention like I'm a details oriented person. I like to learn how this works. And then if I learn how this works, and that makes me relate because then I can apply it in a different way in this way, that way, this way. And for me, life is a lot about that. Although it has its moments where I, my anxiety peaks up, but it never leaves me because that's what anxiety is to me, yeah, <laughs> where it's like, it. you know what I mean? And so at least for me, I've never gotten rid of that, but I've used it as a strength instead. You know, that's the part that I would like to help with is some people fall with the traps of, of what anxiety can get you to, where it's the negative version of it where you don't do anything or you you never make a move all these things that come with that like I get it like I get it because it's hard to get out of that space and just hearing your story kind of I hear certain pockets of that I'm not an anxious person I don't mm. I only had it for a short period of my life and that was when I was okay. transitioning from from the military and it was um I had a lot going on at, at once so it was kind of like a scary time for me as in where the fuck is life going? Like, <laughs> what direction? What's going on? What's going to happen? How am I going to make money? Like, what do I want to do? So there was a lot going on that I couldn't put into one place. You know, it was mm. it was floating around my head a lot. Um, but I find now I need structure, and not structure as in sacrifice and mm. discipline, but structure as in you know I, I need to achieve this, this, and this today. And I think when you once you set goals and you structure your life towards those goals. It, everything becomes very, very simple. Like think about what you want the mo most in life, mm -hmm. whether it's with your physique, with sport, financially, and then, and then just every day do something that's going to help you get one, two, three steps closer to it. Yeah. And then you go to bed at night with, with this sense of achievement. It could be something tiny, like it could be freaking anything. But for me, that's what really helps stay on track with everything, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, even my, my, phys my physique has got so much better. Uh, mm -hmm. My physique's improved so much. And actually, since going to New York, 
um, and, and studying the acting classes. I did a lot of like other stuff as well. I did like movement classes and, and a lot of things and it kind of slowed me down a little mm. bit. I, I don't have to be so intense. I don't have to, I'm, I, I'm not a Marine anymore in the Marines. Everything's intensity, intensity, yeah. intensity. When I train, it's intense, but mm. I don't have to wait with this like constant, um, I have to do absolutely everything as hard as I can. Otherwise I'm going to fail at life. Actually, it's counterproductive. And the more I've learned to slow things down, take time for myself, you know, whatever I feel I need to do, mm-hmm. I don't beat myself up anymore as in like, oh, I'm being lazy. I'm not, That's good, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not working as hard as everybody else because it's very easy to burn out. And, and, and what we see, how everybody's working hard and, and, and so say hustling and no days off, like, are they happy underneath? Are they, mm-hmm. are they coping? Were they like stressed out of their heads? Yeah, uh, and stress even when it comes to bodybuilding, dropping body fat, building muscle, stress is never going to work. You know. Oof. Yeah, no. You know, you can be your own your own worst enemy in, lo- in yeah. lots of ways. Yeah, it's funny you say that because putting in the work though is important, right? And I think people kind of get those confused because this is where self health can become a little bit toxic <laughs> because what happens is people think that and then they don't actually do the work. The reason I say that was because weighing your food taught me that. That was teaching me to like make sure why that's important. So not because it was restricting me for food and stuff, but it was like when you measure it, you automatically know how big that should be. It's a very interactive thing that you're doing by measuring everything, right? And now I don't measure anything. I kind of know already. Like if I'm in a place where I'm like, okay, I need to do this. It's because I did that work that took a little bit of time to learn and be intuitive with it. Now I'm automatic, right? And I think people need to remember that you still have to do that first though. Something I share with clients on lifting is earn the right to cheat. But in broader terms, I say, earn the right to be creative, you know? There's a process to go through. Exactly, right? You have to go through a certain process and you can't take shortcuts. No, yeah. But yeah, like Mm. you said, the work, like, there's a reason that I'm more relaxed with things now. Uh, you know, I, I've done 15 competitions now. Mm. I don't have to do this or I can skip that or I can add that in extra mm. because I, I've, I've been 100% by the book to the point it's like I'm not sleeping at night. My body's so stressed. It's still, there's, there's no easy way about, about this sport, but I know now that I can take it slightly easier in some areas of my life, still enjoy some areas and the results are still the same, if not better. Mm-hmm. For me, I don't know if it's the same for you, but it's whenever I'm going through some kind of transition where that kind of anxiety feeling ramps up because that's when I need somebody else who's outside of me to help me because like I already have work, I already have to do all these other things. I'm in the health field, so I think about it all the time, but it's rare when I think about it for myself, because then I have to look at myself as a client and I have to do this for myself. And that can be so overwhelming when I'm going through like a transition in life. And so reaching out to somebody outside of me I, is what I need to kind of anchor myself. If you've got a client who says, oh, you know, I've got this, this and this, you can sit there without any emotional attachment and go, okay, I think if you do A, B and C, it's going to help you. But try and do it in your own head. You'll second guess it. You'll you'll go up. That's why it's important to have a coach with bodybuilding. Mm. I know what my coach is going to do every week. I got to right. check in with him. I can I can almost tell you exactly what he's going to do. But I can look at myself tomorrow morning and go, 
oh, I'm not dropping body fat as fast as I should be, so I'm going to drop my calories by an extra 250 grams this week and up my cardio to an hour a day. And then next week, I could do a picture to myself and say, oh, man, I'm looking flat. I'm looking a bit smaller. Maybe I should up my calories. And then you're kind of chasing. You're up and down and up and down and up and down because mm. there's emotion attached into it, right? You know, if you like, sometimes if you have a good day, you might think, oh, I look, really, I look, I look good today. If you're having a bad day, you might, you might notice your flaws more. Yeah. And your coach yeah. doesn't, your coach isn't, is not emotionally attached to you. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be like, okay, you need to do X, Y, and Z. And you just do it. Exactly. When there's emotion attached to it, and you oh, don't like, oh, I'm, not, I'm looking small, my legs are looking smaller this week. Maybe I need to do an extra leg session. Maybe I need to do that cardio. We usually notice our own flaws more than anybody else, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, in most cases anyway. So I always feel like having someone take the emotion out of it for you, it takes a lot of the mental stress off it. And I don't care if I wake up tomorrow morning, I don't like how I look. I don't care. I'll do what my coach says. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in the process as well. Like I've been with my coach five years now and I, I, I've never, I've never not, you know, made condition. We've only, we've only got better and better and better. So yeah. I always trust him with whatever. Now there's no stress on me, even though I don't need him I don't need his expertise as such. He's a lot more educated than me. He is very good, but he doesn't tell me anything I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not learning as such from him. I'm just, I'm just letting him take control. And I can focus on where I need to focus. I can focus on my clients. I can focus on my work, you know? It's... Mm-hmm. Does documenting your process with training uh, become a form of reflection for you? Like a journal or a diary kind of thing? The reason I say is because your YouTube, so, not in a bad way, but like, I'm not a fan of workout videos just because I'm like, I know how to work out. So I yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> you know, but a lot of people yeah. love it. You know, that's their thing, but I can't sit watching uh-huh. someone work out. That's my thing. But <laughs> <laughs> so I, even though I did see your videos, I fast forward to when you're talking, because I feel like that yeah. was the thing that I wanted to hear. And so a lot of bodybuilders do that though. They, they film their workouts. It's pretty repetitive to me. But watching them, I was like, well, maybe this is a way where they kind of talk to themselves about what's going on. So it's, okay. it's more for them than actually the people that are watching them. I, put, like I, said, I post a lot of current stuff, you know, whether, whether my physique's looking good or not. I post a lot of that on my Instagram. I try to be very um, transparent. I'm not, I'm not shredded all year. I'm not. In, 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 in photo shoot condition all year. I like to look back myself. I like to have it on my Instagram and that date. I do like to scroll back and look at stuff, um, which I always find quite interesting, but I, I don't really film workouts for, to like reflect back on them. Or okay. It's not like a journal as such. Really. Yeah. Not all the time it's not anyway. I'm not thinking that at the time. Sometimes I look back at stuff. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting to look back at that now and then and be like, oh, like interesting. It does make a big difference when you've got more body fat, more energy, more food. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not grumpy. Like I'm, I'm fine. Like I'm not cold. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm normal. And then you look back at the video. Like, okay, I seem like a right miserable bastard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. That. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? It's it's a uh, it's a moment of vulnerability too because you're analyzing what how you were back then. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. Why did I say, why did I say that? <laughs> yeah. I never, I, for me, I never like to look back that much. I just like to keep 
going forward. <laughs> I told my friends, I was like, if you guys ever do a montage of my life or something, I'm done. I'm, I'm leaving the room. <laughs> but it, it's interesting you say that, though, because I once was documenting this painter and uh, he said that whenever he was working on something, he would take a picture of it and then post it and see what people were saying and just what their interpretations were. He used it as a way not to influence what he was going to do, but to see where people's mind space is when they see that image. And so then when he tries to put himself in other people's kind of point of view, he used it to try to propel his work forward or whatever his intention was. And so when you say that you post, you use it as a way to learn sort of archive your progress. I think I've, that's sort of what artists do, which is pretty cool. It's interesting. As like um, feedback almost. Yeah, but he wasn't taking it as a way where it's influencing what he's doing. He just wanted to see what it looks like when people see this. And then he would read what people would say. It, it might've been to what he was aiming for and it might've not, but he wanted to see both sides what's the outside perception and what's the inside perception and if it's meeting what his intention was when he started oh that's interesting man. yeah i know i was like that's cool but the way you say yours is similar yeah to an extent yeah, in a way yeah. yeah yeah i think honestly with social media and like your physique you get a lot of negativity to be honest God. I, get, I get a lot of negativity Are you like, serious <laughs> yeah, met me they realized that like you know, why I'm not, I'm not a bad person really <laughs> <laughs> oh my god in the last 12 months it's been like every single day like probably four or five every single day like just negative comments trying to bring you down or hurt you in some way like i'm pretty thick-skinned you know I, I, mm -hmm. I just, people on instagram i don't care but mm -hmm. i'm more surprised by it you know, like the the the, the most thing is um, it's like narcissistic, um, you know, egotistical. That's why everyone, you know, I touched on it earlier, but that's how everyone perceives somebody whose whose life revolves around working on their physique. Mm -hmm. But necessarily, you know, if I wasn't if I wasn't bodybuilding, I would I'd probably be doing some sort of endurance based sports. Like I I always think I'll go into that after bodybuilding um but you know it's just it's just an expression as well yeah you know i'm not i'm not posting up stuff being like i have the best physique in the world you know anything mm -hmm. like that i was like oh i trained this today you know I'm, I, I keep it feel like modest kind of stuff on there mm -hmm. um but it's, it's it's crazy how people see it as such an in such a negative light and then post and comment such negative things again it's it's just an expression of you of yourself it's Mm -hmm. my building my physique you know it's, mm -hmm. it, it is art, it is artistic in a in a way you know, it's not it's not it's not for ego it's not for yeah creation. it's you know, i enjoy it i enjoy changing my physique over the years and putting the work in and creating something that what i think how i want to look so yeah a lot of a lot of like comments and feedback i get i get some nice ones of course i do but it's weird how you can get 10 nice comments and the 11th comment can be negative and the negative one hits you different yeah it's like why and i've just ignored the fact that 10 people have said something nice and i'm like why 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 do i automatically look at the negative one right i already do that myself <laughs> now you're doing it for to me uh <laughs> i can't yeah, yeah, handle yeah. it i can't handle it <laughs>
Yeah, and it shouldn't bother like, me because I don't know you. If, if you put a picture of your physique, someone would always go, oh, yeah, your calf looks, your left calf looks slightly smaller than your right calf. It's like, jeez, jeez. The peanut gallery over there. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, social media for me is not always a super positive place. But, you know, I get my online clients through it. Um, I earn money from my sponsorship. I sell my ebooks through it. So for me, it's like it's almost a necessity. So I have to kind of just put up with it. You know, I, I'm not I'm not big on Facebook. I don't use Snapchat. I just it's I make my income through it. It's a tool. It's a tool. It's yeah. not a life. <laughs> so I have to like that's why I don't put my private life on it. You know, because mm-hmm. it is it's, it's literally a tool for my yeah income in the days. So I try I try not to get emotionally like mm-hmm. if, if I'm getting negative comments, I'm just like whatever, you know, like if you sold a product, you might get some negative reviews on it as well. Mm-hmm. That's true, yeah. So that's how I kind of have to look at it now, is in good. <laughs> yeah. See, it's working. See, you you're applying it in different ways. <laughs> uh because yeah, that's my problem with social media too. I just I'm not I'm not into it and I refuse to participate the way people want you to participate i'm gonna do it my way (laughs) yeah 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 uh but for me like i want to try to make it in a way that makes sense for me my props to people who love to do that if i'm going to do it then i'm gonna do it this way and this is how it looks like and if you don't like it then there's someone else if you do then thanks thanks for coming on board you know (laughs) yeah even though i'm a personal trainer and massage therapist i don't promote myself like that on there you know but i'm using that format to sort of be creative with what I do. So I, this project that I started on, uh, I want the project to be the face, not me to be the face. Uh, okay. And so, because for me, like I see it more as an art, so it's it's for entertainment. And so I want to take a picture and make sure it looks like this. And, and I'm more about that than like just showing like what I'm doing or my life. It's more yeah. of my art, you know? So you have proved a career in bodybuilding, right? Or that's the path you're on. But it hasn't stopped you from adapting to different challenges in fitness, right? So something that I've, things that I've kept up with you, so you've done a marathon. So it was a 26 mile, four hours, 35 minutes and 53 seconds. Yeah. And then you've done 1000 meter lunges, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've done the Gracie CrossFit wad thing. Right? Yeah. Then the mile run, yeah. is that right? Um, yes. But what about uh, what about adapting? Do you find meaningful to your philosophy and training? Like all those things, and that's not what every bodybuilder is doing. You know, everyone kind of boxes in. This is what they do, and they can't really do these other things. Yeah, but you did it. I don't know anyone else who takes bodybuilding as seriously as me, and also does other fitness stuff. I think. Yeah, that's very impressive. Um, it, obviously, my background is is endurance and like functional mm-hmm. kind of training so that's what i enjoy but i think the reason i do that kind of stuff like i went to the sprint track the other day just because i was interested to see what i could what i could sprint at with a bodybuilder's body but what interests me is not just it's not physical bodybuilding for me it's not and i think that comes down as well as in when people see your physique on instagram they think oh this guy's obsessed with trying to look a certain way and actually the way you look is a byproduct of where your mind wants to go with stuff um, um actually the reason i did that marathon like I, I've, done, I've done 
30 miles plus in the Marines, but I was, I was fit and trained for it. Mm -hmm. The reason it was a marathon, it was on a treadmill in New York. I didn't know, I didn't do any training. I hadn't ran for like three years. I just one morning decided to do it. I was, I was actually feeling anxious um, for a couple of days building up. And I, for me, um, I was feeling anxious, I think, because again, I was studying the acting. I was in New York and it was like, I'm from the countryside of the UK and it's like so busy for me. So Culture kind of, shock. Yeah, a little bit. I just, I, I quite like being on my own, my own space a lot. So I started feeling like, you know, I'm putting on this, this face a lot of the time. Uh, I'm not being like, I'm not, I'm not really being like me. Mm. I have to adapt to everything else around me. And so the reason I did this marathon was because, again, I hadn't, I hadn't run for years. I wasn't fit at all. But about four or five miles in, I'm like, okay, it's getting pretty tough now. And then <laughs> I had to really look inside my myself. And that's when I get like kind of um, reconnected with myself because mm. I can't really think about what else is going on in the world. I'm not trying to be anybody else. I'm not. It's just me talking to myself, getting myself through this. And then after, like, as soon as I did it, I felt a lot, I felt more fresh. Um, just felt like more, okay, this is me again. Because I'd had that four hours of like, it's not meditation, but it, 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 I would, I've never meditated, but I would say it's along the same lines as that. I think you it's, do. It's checking in on myself. Yeah. Okay, this is so I started feeling like, okay, this is me again. The thing I like about, I, I, I do, I was doing like challenges outside of bodybuilding is because I love where I have to take my mind to, to do that. Um, it's not like, it's not all like the training that I do. It's although you train your physique to look a certain way, it's what, where you have to take your mind in order to train your physique to look that way. So the reason I like doing, you know, random <laughs> challenges and stuff like that is because um i enjoy like i i get a thrill out of the feeling of doing it or, or trying to do it and seeing if i can do it mm -hmm. um that's when i feel like more not sound kind of cheesy but like true to myself and okay mm -hmm. this is really me this is not this like person i have to be on social media or this is not the face i have to put on when i'm working or you know it, it's just mm -hmm. It's all mental, really. It's all, it's all, it's all, I do this stuff because of the mental challenge of it. Yeah. There's two things that you said, because it's curiosity, right? Because I think the thing is, you can take things seriously, but not serious, right? And, and having curiosity is what kind of propels that, I think, because you, you're like, I want to learn how to do this and then see that challenge. And then the whole trying is what mattered. It's not that whether you were successful in it, but you, you tried it, you know? And so like people lose that curiosity, especially as we get older, I think people are like, oh, I can't do that anymore. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, but why not do it how you can do it now? Like not how you used to be able to do it or what you thought you could be capable of doing. But now you're older and you might just have to focus more. And it's and one thing that you said, and I remember you talking about this on another podcast where you don't meditate, but I find that what you do is sort of meditative because like I, the misconception with meditation is that you're not supposed to think about anything, but there's a philosophy where you, it's where you think about everything because that's all the, the noise turned down and now you're stuck with yourself and your mind and you're like, why is this coming in? but you anchor yourself so that you can move forward. So that's why people either anchor with their breath or, or, or some part on their body so that they come back to it in case it gets too chaotic 
and then you come right. back. And I'm, I'll share this really quick story with you. I got into a, without saying the whole story, I'll probably tell you later, but um, <laughs> I got into a psychedelic state in a breathing uh, class. And I just wanted to learn the technique of what the, the breath work was. And I was like, I'm not going to have this moment because they said it's a possibility that when you do these breath work practices, you can, some people hit this DMT state that your, okay. your body naturally develops and you have a hallucinogen experience. And I was like, I'm not going there. <laughs> I just want to <laughs> learn how this works. And so we get through it and it's the end. It's the last round that we're doing. I went through it and it wasn't about round five. It started to happen. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and so I, I got Ooh. into it, man. I got in this space that was like, because you hear people talk about their psychedelic experience, whether it was on mushrooms or all these hallucinogens. Um, and they, you know, you imagine like there's, they see weird things and all that stuff, you know, but I try not to really think about that. Cause I'm like, that's sort of influenced. If someone tells you that's what you're going to see, you're going to probably see it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so for me, it was completely different. It was, I don't remember seeing anything. It was just like, if I was in a void, but it was just me talking to myself, a different version of Isaac that I know I have, but I just never turned the volume up on. And that version of me was like talking me through a lot of things, man. And, and so when you talk about how you look at things, that is a form of meditation because you are, you're choosing to analyze something and go for it. What does that mean? If I do it, what is, what's the outcome? You're, you're doing all the work that you don't do when you're living your life because you're living your life. There's external people talking to you. You have a job, you have family, you have kids. But when you're by yourself, that's a, that's a very rare time. And I think yeah. in bodybuilding, like we said, it's a single sport. You're by yourself. So you're you're using training in a meditative state. Yeah, you know, it's like you said, you, you, we're very, our thoughts influenced, right? By everything yeah. going on, by conversations, Instagram, someone texting you. Everything influences us to think a certain way at that, that mm. time. So when you're training meditating doing breath work or mm. running a marathon on your own the these things aren't influencing you so much and i think once we concentrate on a singular thing like again training running breath work that's when i feel uh we can get our thoughts through more clear there isn't anything in front of you telling you i oh, think this feel like this you know it's so that's why i said like when i did that marathon i felt very true to myself uh, this is actually me who mm. I am not what everybody at the party was saying last night what not what I was reading on my phone it was making me think oh, certain things so yeah <laughs> yeah that's very refreshing because <laughs> every profession and sport has that for themselves that's why there's a runner's high or like your, the flow state that people talk about an artist does it or any profession has that yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you could change anything about the way you were raised what would it be Ooh, that's a good one. Um, and why? <laughs> do you know, I actually had a conversation with a friend of mine the other day about um, similar, similar, similar question to what you asked. At the moment, I like who I am. I like who I've become. Um, and everything that I've gone through that I thought at the time, like, why is this happening? Like, this is so unfair. I'm so glad it happened because I've now, it's taught me, it's taught me things about myself. It's made me become a better person. It's made me see things in a better light to become 
who I am now, who I am very happy with. You know, obviously we, we all have things we want to work on, but as a person, I'm I'm happy with with who I am and what I'm I'm I'm, I'm comfortable in my own head anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a hard one to say because when I change things, uh, you might not. That's yeah. an option too. Yeah, I think probably stuck at a certain sport for longer i kind of dabbled in different things i didn't really know what i wanted what sport i wanted so i think if i could have changed anything maybe it would have been more direction Mm. i wasn't forced into anything which i don't know if it's good or bad i boxed like 13 to 16 when i was 16 i found beer and i would i would go with friends and drink beer and then Mm. i would want to train the next day and I started being like I'm missing out on parties because of training and when I kind of like told my mother for example like I don't want to box anymore she's like okay if you don't want to because my my mom has always been like my biggest supporter she's always helped me with anything I wanted help with but if I don't want to do something she's like you don't have to do it it's fine Mm. but maybe I feel like if I had someone I didn't really grow up with my with my father so I didn't really have anyone being like no you're doing this Mm. You know, like tough love like for the you know so it's all maybe maybe something like that but then again i'm i'm happy with the path i'm on now mm-hmm. i feel like everything is slowly going in the right direction that i want it to even though it's been very hard difficult tedious journey especially because the fitness industry is a hard one um it's so saturated you know like <laughs> yeah an iphone uh, and a gym membership and that's you're competing against everyone to try and you know get notice your name out there and stuff like that. Yeah, I noticed, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like it's slowly now heading in the right direction for me. So I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think I would change anything. No. <laughs> yeah. Do you think you have good patience? Seems like you do. Uh, yeah, I, I would say yeah. so. Yeah. It's funny because I also relate to that answer too because i don't i wouldn't i'm the same way i wouldn't change anything because it's one of those things that made me who i am today uh yeah so no regrets ever but i think for me also it's been i was never kind of told to stay in something like i was in soccer and then looking back i'm like man i was really fast so i could have been a track star you know and so but if i was just encouraged to stay in it because i was the same way they my parents were like okay they, what they cared yeah. about, because we were, they were, I'm first generation in the States. So education was just the main thing for us. We got to make it here. You yeah. Know? Right. And so, but looking back, same thing, I would probably say maybe something like that. Um, but again, I wouldn't change it because it, it helped me develop my mental skills faster, probably on my own. Yeah, it's, it's, a, good, it's, a, it's a good question, isn't it? Um, I was, again, I was speaking to a client of mine the other day about this, and it's like things can happen to people. Um, unfortunate things or mm-hmm. unfair things or tough ways of life and you can either take it grow from it and become a better person and, and learn from that and yeah. or you can blame it on everything Oof. and justify the reasons why oh, it was hard for me or you know, I lost so and so or I didn't have much money growing up so I had to be this way you can you can blame and justify lots of things in your life and head in one direction or you can take it as a lesson take it as a valuable lesson and make sure that you go the opposite direction to that um there's like there's like a like a a silly story about like 
two brothers grow up with an alcoholic son. One grows up to become an alcoholic because he watched how his father was. One grows up the complete opposite way because he, he saw how his father was. You know, so it's like how you, it depends how you see things. Yeah. Were you wild? Uh, yeah, I went through like stages of being more wild. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you did, you mentioned you had like a difficult time looking at life the way, I guess, the conventional way of doing things. Yeah. And um, like you kind of fell into some trouble and when you left went, the military. Yeah. Like I went through, um, again, I lost my dad when I was 19 and I went, I was a bit reckless for a couple of years then, like drink driving, crashing cars, fighting a lot. It wasn't like out of anger or anything like that. I always think it was more just like, oh, you know, you never know when you're going to go. Like living mm. like life kind of thing. YOLO. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before it was popular. <laughs> um, and I left the, when I left the, the, the Marines was quite like, you know, it was, it was enough kind of uncertainty and recklessness in there anyway to kind of keep me ticking over, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> I used to, I used to get in lots of fights actually. Uh, again, it was part of like, not sound like a dick, but like even being in the military, like when you go out drinking and bars and stuff like that, it's kind of always expected. But yeah, I ended up getting a criminal record when I was like, uh, I was 22, uh, 23, I think I was. Yeah, just turned 23. I might be 22, I can't remember. 22, 23. But I ended up getting a criminal record for, for fighting. Uh, and mm. after that, it's kind of like, oh, okay, it's not actually like young and just messing around anymore. Mm. I could actually like, well, I did, I impacted my career because I couldn't, I left the Marines to do um, like private security, bodyguarding. Mm -hmm. I got a criminal record and the company that I wanted to work for, like you can't have a violent uh, crime mm. on your record. And I wasn't a violent person. Like I'm not like this guy, but I'd always end up in bar fights pretty much. Mm -hmm. um, and then that's when I couldn't do what I wanted to do in life. So that's, kind of where I started, I did a PT course and I started bodybuilding. And after that, I was kind of like, okay, it's not just, you know, like messing around with the lads anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like I can, it can impact my life. I didn't really think of it that way. In the Marines, you can kind of get in trouble and they, they'll keep you in. But once you leave and try to have a career outside of that, you know, it's not cool yeah. to be dicking about all the time. So I think yeah. I, I calmed down a lot, but it's, it's funny because if, if I didn't get in trouble, um, I wouldn't have gone down the personal training route. I wouldn't have gone yeah. to bodybuilding, I wouldn't have moved to Dubai. And so everything's, I've always wanted to be like an athlete, but I didn't know how I could make money being an athlete mm. or in health and fitness. So I was okay, like, I know the military, that's what I know now. I'm trained in it. So that's the route I'll go down. I do, like, I do it privately. But then because that happened, it put me on a totally different path. And honestly, I'm like, I don't regret any of it. I'm so grateful that happened. What was the bar fight about? Do you remember? Uh, I do remember. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? Can you share? Was that, was that, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, I think it was my birthday we were celebrating. It was like me and like three of Which, guys. happy late birthday, I heard. Was it yesterday? It was yesterday, yeah. Yeah, yeah. happy birthday. Well, full circle right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was my, I think we said it my birthday or something. We come out of this bar, I mean, like three, three o'clock in the morning. 
and there's this guy like pushing this woman and he's like put got his finger in her face and just being a bit of an asshole to this woman and his mate is standing there as well you know, his friend is standing there I don't think it was me because my, my friend also got the same punishment but his was he actually got worse than me <laughs> um it ended up being like you know he's like started on this guy like don't push the woman you know don't Mm-hmm. put in your face like that again we're just drunk just walking. Don't even nothing makes sense does it <laughs> and he starts fighting with this guy and then his friend comes at me and it's all on camera um, and you pretty much just see me hit him and then he like goes to the floor and he like falls on a curb so I literally got it was just one punch Dude. and then the camera shows like me get on top of him on the floor and I do this but I didn't hit him mm. he's already on the floor I didn't hit him on the floor and because of that I think I got off a lot lighter, mm. um, but it, it looked unprovoked. You know, the bullet, like how they. Oh, I see. They they really um, kind of like made an example of us because we were like we were like oh you're, you you guys are military you're trained. But they made it out to be a lot worse than it was. You know? mm. The guy wasn't provoking us; he was just pushing this woman about. So really, he, yeah, were we, the, were, were we in the right? Probably not. Was he in the yeah. right? No. But we didn't have to get involved. Yeah. So they kind of like hit us with that. And I, they were, I could have gone to prison for it actually, because <sighs> they were really they were really they were really hard on us because of because we were military. Mm. My friend got hundreds and hundreds of hours of community service and criminal records and stuff. And we were like, we didn't, you know, it was we weren't being bad people. We weren't mm-hmm. yeah. Lights. Actually, he was trying to like look up for this lady, but it escalated. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My friend, who also got in trouble, he had a few, a couple of like pretty shitty years. Well, I was in my leaving process with the military. Mm. Um, he stayed in, so he got like a couple of years of not very good work mm. because of it. Um, and then he's left now, and he's a he's a fireman, and he's like super happy with. Oh, yeah, so everything everything happens for a reason. Yeah, in a weird way. <laughs> yeah, well, it's that that's why with anything, there's always nuances to a story, you know. And when people get so upset that they know the the actual story, I'm like, you never know the whole story, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like vantage point, perspective, all that. You you just it's your story. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, we'll round out with this question. What are your internal motivators? Just can you give me an example? Just so I um, so I think that question came because I think I saw you were speaking about something and you said that a lot of people use external motivators to kind of get to an end result. But you said that you like to kind of look inward. And so I, I made me wonder what what are your internal oh, motivators okay. then? So, yeah. so I so I obviously like an external motivator will be let's say if you're in the gym i I use the gym as an example of course yeah Um, and you see someone else in the gym and they look really good and they're training this certain way you might think oh you know i'm gonna put an extra plate on this leg press for example that's that i would say that would be an external motivator right Mm -hmm. i think it's happened outside of you you've seen it processed it and thought okay i want to be like this person internal motivators for me anyway is in what kind of gets you going or gets you out of bed in the morning um without having to see read or listen to anything right 
so I grew up like I'm not going to say I grew up with poor because people have grown up a lot more poor than me um, but I've always grown up with going without this, this is this is not this is not a money this is not a money motivator because like I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not financially I'm not a money driven person as such that comes yeah. as part of that comes and goes yeah same yeah, yeah I think if you can do what you love in life and make money then that's success rather than doing what you don't like and making yeah. money of successful that's my opinion anyway yeah. um I always felt like I didn't I, I went without I didn't ever go on vacations like I never I didn't have stuff let's say my friends had or get the same experiences in life and it's, it's not a sob story like uh because people growing up a lot <laughs> worse of course they have but um yeah but it doesn't take away from your experience I've had conversations like that with people as well where it's like you know, you can always find somebody who's struggling worse than you. And that's yeah. why I can, I've never have any judgment for people in better positions or lesser positions in mind because they grew up in a different environment. And so thus the stressors that they've had to come across have been different than mine, but it doesn't put mine or theirs any better, right? It's all relevant, right? It's all relevant. But yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I always felt like I kind of went without and there'd be points in your life where you where you'd kind of feel less, you'd, you'd feel less than maybe people who had more than you. Yeah. What you do as a kid, you, know, you, don't, you don't really realize, and you're like, oh, this is unfair. Like, why, why don't I have that and they have that? Why? So for me, it's always been, even if you have less, even if you've not had the best start in life or, or any handouts, just because someone else starts here and you start here, there's no reason why you can't overtake that person an internal motivator for me is it's not proving to anyone else i don't have anything to prove to anyone but it's proven to myself a lot of the time that if you want something in life doesn't matter where you started you can still achieve it it might just be harder for you you might have to work harder you might have to work longer so yeah a lot of it is is what i want to achieve and things like with bodybuilding i don't care how much money you have in bodybuilding you have to do the work or even with sport as long as it's not a motorsport or something <laughs> anything, to do, anything to do physically money doesn't really help mm. it's fair game you know like if someone's going to be a good boxer they can come from no, they can come from nothing or they can come from the best facilities in the world it's all about what's in what's inside it's proven to myself i think a lot of the time that you can have exactly what you want in life if that's what you want you know, people are like, oh, you could never get to, you, you could never be on stage in the Mr. Olympia. Well, because I'm 29 now, and I didn't start bodybuilding until I was 24. And some guys started bodybuilding when they were 18. Well, that's mm-hmm. fine. I have to work a little bit harder, maybe. I have to do a little bit more. I have to, things like that. I, I, I don't like to make them an excuse why you can't do something. Or, mm-hmm. you know, you, you started late or you didn't have money or, I don't know. Some people, like, if they have a disability, oh, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. It's like, you can't. It's just going to be a little bit harder for you. Mm-hmm. That's, what that, that's where, the, that's where the, the work ethic comes from. Mm-hmm. For me, do you want it or you don't want it? It's as simple as that. Do you, want to, mm-hmm. do, you want, do you want to make it or not? Because if you do, then do it. There's a quote, I don't know, I don't know who, who said it, but it's like, um, if it's endurable, endure it. Mm-hmm. And it's mega basic, mega simple, but it, it's straight to the point, like, if, if you want to achieve it, if you want, if you want to be a good in your sport or business, 
relationship, I don't care what, whatever area it is, if you want that and it's endurable, then just do it. It's just things like that. I think that's, I don't know if that answers the question or not. Yeah. That's my understanding of it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah. And it's interesting because I was gonna ask you if you can encompass it into a word, what would it be? <clears throat> but you said it towards the end there and I don't know if, it, if you caught it, but even just based off how you got to where you are now, endurance has always been your key like tool it sounds like from when you first got into fitness because you were an endurance athlete yeah so applying that philosophy in everything you've done with everything you've said has been probably you've endured a lot and like pushed yourself to learn a skill that you probably didn't know you could or you put in your path if you like endurance i think people see it straight away as fitness yeah but i think endurance is quite far from fitness to you know to a degree yeah. it's like you said can you mentally endure something but bodybuilding is not endurance you wouldn't say bodybuilding is an endurance athlete yeah but to endure every single day on a prep my last prep for example i i did 20 weeks in total of 12 of those weeks i like trained alone, cardio alone, slept alone, ate alone, shopped alone, like at everything alone, mm-hmm. 12 weeks. Saw mm-hmm. family maybe for an hour here and there once a week. Everything was on my own. And that was, again, for me, that's, that's, this is like an endurance sport. Mm-hmm. Endure, what's an endurance sport? Uh, a, a marathon? What's time. Three, that's three hours, right? Yeah, time. 12 weeks then. How can 12 weeks on a diet on your own not hardly speaking to anyone and all you're thinking about is the training mm-hmm. on endurance sport it is it's just a very slow and boring one that it's nobody different. wants to watch <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's different it's funny you said that too because i was talking to a black belt uh jujitsu because i was telling her the same things kind of what we're talking about and she said oh she's like if you want to try something like that try jujitsu because once you get to a black belt that's when you actually start to learn and i was like wow okay that's interesting because it's it's a whole mind shift again where like it happens in different things and the people who want to really do it are going to stay in it and then when they get to where they need to they'll realize it's a lot bigger than what it was yeah 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 that's bodybuilding people think oh you know i'll I'll do a a six month bulk uh three month cut and then like i think that's all you need to do i'm like you need to do that they need to do that every year for six years maybe like yeah. bodybuilding now i'd say uh, i started taking it seriously like 2017 okay um so like four and a half years now or something like that like seriously as in like actually caring about my diet and stuff like that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but before that you know i've been i've been training in the gym since i was 13 and i started like actually weightlifting at 15 and then again, I did all, even the military, I was still weightlifting in my spare yeah. time. So really I've been, you know, training now, I'm, I'm 29 now. So I'd say like 15 years I've been training. And then it's interesting when you get people who, you know, they just, they just start at like 18, 19 years old. Mm-hmm. A few years they're like, oh, I'm going to be a pro at this. I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like we spoke about earlier is like uh, earn your right almost. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's it, like, like, I know I was earlier, like, I'm a, I'm a patient person. Yeah. 
people they'll, they'll they'll try something for six 12 months and then if they're not automatically amazing at it or they don't get any with it or they get disappointment like i know people who competed once not got the result they want and and quit i've done 15 shows i've only won one mm, <laughs> wow, yeah that's what comes into endurance like yeah. how much can you endure not getting the results you want to get yeah because if you want to win you need to be prepared to, be prepared to lose right and then you need to yeah. endure that you need to every time we go on stage i'm like i could lose today yeah People are, are you gonna win i'm like i don't know like oh that's not the right attitude to have but i'm always prepared to lose because i'm always prepared to win if you don't want to lose <laughs> don't compete and you'll never win either <laughs> yeah damn wisdom wisdom toby <laughs> you got that wisdom in there i love it <laughs> endurance yeah that's awesome man man I, I am humbled by your perspective and your work and your art um i really appreciate you having the time to do this because the majority of people that i've been wanting to have on have said yes. And I, there have been certain ones where I didn't expect to get a yes. So that's why I really appreciate the time that you had and that you even kind of gave me the space to, to do that with you. I've enjoyed it. It's nice to get to know you a little bit as well. And uh, it's different questions, different questions and different, you know, we went off on your little tangents here. And there yeah, but, but I find that's how people really learn because they hear personal stories and then they, it, they have connections with those things. and. And I think instead of saying like, this is what you have to do and this is what bodybuilding is. Yeah, but what's behind that story? That's the part that made them who they are and made them good at what they are, you know? Yeah, yeah. Everyone has their own like, personal take, don't they, I guess? Yeah, totally. And that's why you have to define that. And then the way you define it is by having that conversation with somebody. <laughs> Especially in today's world, man, I don't know if you feel the same way, but it's just everyone just is so combative, you know? And I'm just like, the world is so cool. Why are we focusing on all these negative things and like this is this is the right way? Yeah, or this is how you yeah, exactly. I'm just like, and you know, I mean things things I guess pendulum swing to extremes. I don't know if you feel the same way, but I feel like things are a lot more simpler and moderate than than what you see uh portrayed, that it's one extreme or the other, and it's that way or the only way, but especially with people talking about health nowadays, despite all the crazy things that are happening, at least it's making people think about health. That's what, yeah. I, that's, that's the way I look at it. Have your opinions on what you, what's right and wrong, but at least health is being talked about. And that's a good thing. Let's just focus on what's the good thing about health and what's happening, you know? Yeah. You think a lot more seriously now, isn't it as well? Yeah. Cause when this happened and I was like, wow, people weren't washing their hands and now they know that they have to wash their hands. Yeah. Why did it take that long? <laughs> You see a lot of people like they'll sanitize their hands every 15 seconds, but they'll probably haven't eaten a healthy, nutritious <coughs> meal in in weeks or like stayed hydrated or taken vitamins or exercise. But mm -hmm. they sanitize their hands every time they touch a door handle. Well, yeah, you're fit and healthy and healthy, <laughs> you're probably like probably going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's and, and but part of that is the education like not a lot of people have been brought up to learn about their health that way you know and that's the tough part that's like socioeconomical stuff and so that's why i don't get so mad when people don't understand that and get so mad about it is because you know you were in a position where you were able to have those things and somebody else health wasn't at the front of their mind it was probably to get 
you know, have a roof over their head. And so like that disconnect is the part that no one talks about, but I feel like that's where we really make changes instead of whether you're supposed to do this. There's a big gap between priorities, right? Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Toby. Uh, that's all I got. Have a good night. Happy birthday again. Thank you. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to today's episode of This Undefined. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Share the voice. And if you want more content to explore, as well as follow other projects we're working on, go to the website at www.thekilosproject.com and follow us on Instagram at The Kilos Project. Till next time, train, recover, create. Thank you.